Praise the Lord. Blessings, blessings from God to every one of you today. Thank you for joining us for today's worship service here at World Missions Ministries, where the darkness of Satan's power is over and the true light of Jesus shines so brightly with salvation, healing, deliverance, peace, power, and prosperity for all who believe in God and trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's give the Lord a mighty praise. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, he is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. Good to see you in the sanctuary and glad to have you who are joining with us online today. To God be glory for all the great things he has done. Welcome to a time of study of God's word. Let's dine together now at the table of the Lord. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5 as we continue the series of teachings from the word of the Lord. First John, uh, actually we go to chapter 4 first. We'll look at chapter 5 in a moment. Come to chapter 4, uh, where we saw in verse 4 that we are of God. And today I want to emphasize on the title from verse 6, we are of God. Last week was you are of God. Verse 6 says we are of God. God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to study your word. You've called us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said all scripture is given by your inspirations. God breathes and is profitable. So teach our hands to war, teach us wisdom to prosper in life, and to live lives that bring honor and glory to God. It's men and women who are thoroughly furnished, prepared, ready for every good work that brings honor and glory to you, every good work that has fruits of your spirit that will bring a great harvest for our blessing. Let this word change lives. Let this word heal. Let this word save. Let this word transform. Reveal Christ to us. Reveal yourself through the revelation of Jesus Christ. By this word, we are of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord. Yes. It's all right. We can give the Lord a clap, offering. That's in your spirit. That's good. Amen. Those of you at home, just give the Lord a shout of praise. All right? In your home, just, just be liberated. Amen. Be free. Praise God. All right. So First John chapter 4. Again, welcome to every one of you. 
First John 4, and very quickly, last week we looked at verse 4. For those who were not with us, look at that before we emphasize on verse 6. So verse 4, 1 John 4, verse 4, you are of God. Somebody say, I am of God. Amen. Once you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are translated out of the kingdom of Satan. So Satan is no longer your Lord. Demons can no longer oppress you. Now you are in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's how you become of God or a child of God. So 1 John 4, 4 again, you are of God, little children. That's a term of endearment. Obviously, as a child of God, you are his, his child. He is your father. As David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. You got to know him personally. Amen. He's my shepherd. And I shall not want. Amen. He's your shepherd. You are his sheep, part of his flock, as opposed to being someone else's sheep in someone of someone else's flock. You understand me? Yeah, I never forget this when I was uh, probably about 10 years old. So when I noticed it, it had been happening uh, for a while. But an area that I grew up in, at least a certain season of my childhood, we would play soccer, football, or football, soccer, uh, with uh, these children who were actually Muslims. Uh, and at the time... In that part of, of the country, in Ghana, those Muslims didn't go to school. Uh, so they, they took care of uh, cows, cattle, cows and goats and, you know, sheep. And they were pretty good soccer players, football players, because, you know, they played all the time. While their cattle were grazing, they would be playing with soccer, the football, so it, it, the soccer ball. So it just became part of them, you know, and they were very good. So it was good to play with them. It's fun. Uh, although our parents didn't want to because they thought they would influence you and you would not want to go to school. <laughs> I actually would run away from school after I got to school with my mother, who was a teacher. You know, she walks you to school, so there's nothing you can do. You have to walk there. But once I get to the class, there was another way that you could, you could keep going over the hill and go back to play. And I, I played truancy. I got whipped a bit. <laughs> uh, but it was fun playing with those kids. Uh, but something I noticed, uh, at the end of the, the day when they were ready to take their cattle back home, uh, these different shepherds would walk, and they live up in the hills. So they walk up to the hill, stand at different points, and call out to their, their flock. And I mean, they're different shepherds, so the flocks are mingling, eating, grazing, you know. But when they were ready to go home, they just made these calls. And it always amazed me that the, the flock, they knew their master, they knew their shepherd, 
and just somehow just wove their way, found their way to their shepherd. I, I would stop and just watch that. It just amazed me. Then I read in John chapter 10 that we are the lost sheep. He is a shepherd and we hear his voice. We know his voice. And another's voice we would not follow. And I was like, oh, okay. So that the sheep knew their shepherd's voice. That's why they did not follow the voices. They were not confused. I mean, they just think this is just animals. But they knew just the whistling, the calls, and they would follow. It's just amazing. In John 10, it says, we know our Lord's voice. And another's voice we would not follow. Isn't that precious? Yeah, that's for those who have made the Lord their shepherd. Amen? You can know God's will for your life. Do you know that? You can know God for yourself. We live in a time in a generation of believers, some who don't know God for themselves. Who only think that they can walk in God's will when the pastor tells them, when the prophet tells them, when the bishop tells them, when the archbishop tells them. This is not true. It's something that has been created in these days to control people. It is wrong, and I stand as a fellow minister of other ministers to say that what some of the clergy are doing to the body of Christ in that respect is wrong. In this regard, is wrong. We have to teach God's people to hear God for themselves. They're not supposed to depend on us. You're not to be led by the prophets of today. You're to be led by God. Your so-called prophets are supposed to point you to Jesus, not to themselves. Amen. Keep this in mind that God, when he actually started, before we got the Bible, um, most of it, you know, from the Old Testament, they were given to the, the people of Israel. At the time the Bible was being written and the things that were recorded, in the first century, even about Jesus and all that, most of those references were not called New Testament. Come on, people. They were references of what we have come to know as the Old Testament. This thing started as a Jewish thing. Come on, people. It started as a Jewish thing. Amen? And then God extended to other non-Jewish people whom Jewish people called Gentiles, goyim, heathen, goyim. If you are not a Jew, you are G-O-Y-I-M, goyim. You are a Gentile. And the law of Moses does not apply to you. So today, when ministers spend a lot of time talking about the law versus grace, it is really unnecessary. It has nothing to do with me. 
So why are you spending so much time talking to me about it? I, I need, I'm going to teach you today. I need you to think and know things for yourself. You don't just take, you know, like little lines on the internet and then think that that's doctrine and that's how you're supposed to live. No. You have to study the full counsel of God. Are you with me? So again, let's, let's do this. When you take from Genesis all the way to Malachi, primarily it was not written for you if you are not Jewish. Are we, are we there so far? All right? If you're Jewish, it was written for you. If you're not Jewish, it was not written for you. So don't take too much time arguing it. Are we good on that point? All right. Another point is this. You're going to find in the New Testament, what is called New Testament, from Matthew to Revelation, you're going to find certain portions where there are arguments about the law versus grace. Yes, that is true. It's in the New Testament where the early apostles are telling the new church, born-again people, this thing started new. Jesus just went up to heaven, and we have something new now called the church among Jewish people. And the people are going, wait a minute. We are Jewish, Jewish people. Why are you trying to change things for us? Are you with me so far? All right? So this new church starts, and the Jewish community are like, Wait a minute, you're changing Judaism. You are trying to make us non-Jews. Stick with me now. If all your life you've been raised based on what Moses said, then all of a sudden somebody says, well, we're following Yeshua. Wouldn't it bother you? I mean, let's be fair. I know you're Christians. And you don't want to think that way. But just think about any people who have had a normal, regular life. And all of a sudden, somebody says, you got to stop doing this. You got to do that. Wouldn't it bother you? Like somebody comes, comes to your community and says, okay, I changed your name. You got to take a new name. You can't speak your language. You got to speak a different language. You can't eat your food. You got to eat. Wouldn't it bother you? It's, it's strange. It'll be like, wait a minute, what, what is going on? So when this new church started, new things started, the people are like, no, no. So in the history of the early church, you have the arguments, you have these problems happening where you have people who are moving from just following Moses only to not following Jesus only. And you have some of them who say, okay, I, I like Jesus. He's pretty cool. But if I follow him, I lose my identity as a Jew. So I still want to follow Jesus and keep my identity as a Jew. Those problems are recorded in the New Testament. In books like Galatians, they're recorded. In books such as Ephesians, they are recorded. The fact that, are you with me so far? The fact that you have a record of that 
happening in the New Testament does not necessarily mean that 2,000 years later, I am living now in America, or you're in Britain, or you're in South America. Yeah, are you still with me? Then you take things from this same Bible, Galatians or Ephesians or Romans or whatever, and then you try to make it an issue with me, I'm living in America. Those arguments that happened back then don't pertain to me right now. They're not part of the Christian concept for me. So why are we on television wasting so much time bringing up arguments about the law or grace and all that that happened when the church was an infant. We are no longer in an infancy stage. I don't know exactly what time Jesus will return, but it seems like we are closer to the end than the beginning. In fact, the Bible does say that now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Are you with me? For example, if you are 90 years old today, you're closer to living for eternity than when you, at 90, when you were, you're a 90-year-old person, when you were, when you were 10 years old. Isn't that, isn't that right? You understand? Probably haven't thought it, thought about these things like I'm presenting to you. So I'm challenging you to start thinking differently about the structure of the Bible and the things that you're supposed to imbibe that is accepting to your spirit and let them transform you because it's not every spirit out there that is not of God, that is of God. It is not every message, everything that's being spoken out there that's of God. Even what I'm telling you now, if I cannot support it with scripture, you must not take it. And some of what I'm saying may be challenging for your ears because they're new to you. You're like, wait a minute, Pastor, I got to think about it and think over it. Yes, you should. You should. You should listen to the message again. It's online. You should sit down with your own Bible and do what the church in Berea did. The Christians in Berea, when they heard apostles and people teach, the Bible says they went and examined from the scriptures if what they had been told was true. Let me ask you a question. What scriptures did they go back home and examine what they had been told and compared to? What, 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 what scriptures? New Testament scriptures? No. The New Testament had not been codified. It was not put together as a code. Like one book. Not yet. At the time, yes, it wasn't. When did we get the first Bible in print? In the 1500s. In the 1500s is when we got the first Bible in printed. You know, like print. Today, most of you just have it in a digital form on your laptops and phones. But there was a time it was on paper. 
You understand? There's a paper. Probably 20 years from now, some child is like, what is this man talking about? Bible on paper? Can you imagine how far we have come? And for example, if you're arguing today, like a pastor is mad. Well, you know, some of you come to church, you don't even have your Bible. I don't see you opening the Bible and you're fussing and fighting over that today. 20 years from now, your argument is invalid to that generation. Because they're like, why is he so hard over this? What difference does it make? Whether it's paper or on my digital tablet. What difference does it make? Because this generation is saying the important things for me to get it inside me. How I get it inside me, whether it's on paper, on papyrus, on clay, really honestly does not matter. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to be thinkers. You have to be thinkers. You know that where we are as pastors, people in clergy, because we are anointed, we are called, and the call is important, we do it with fervor, with passion, we are serious. And you can feel it. And a lot of the time, because we're serious about it and we're presenting it, we're like, this is it, and there's no other way. No, sometimes there's another way. Just because I'm passionate about something does not mean I'm right all the time. You, you need to be thinkers. You need to be thinkers. God did not raise you to follow prophets. He raised you to follow Jesus. Even with the Israelites, according to Exodus 19, he said, I will make you the whole of Israel. He said, listen, he said, like I prayed that you're coming out of the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. When you get born again, that happens to you instantly. God said in Exodus 19, please pay attention. In Exodus 19, God said, I will make you. This is, this is my plan, Israel. I want to make you this nation a kingdom of priests. The whole nation. This is God's will. And he told them. And Moses wrote it. Let me ask you a question. Israel, the Israelites. Who God gave them that name? Or how did they get the name Israel? Where did the name Israel come from? Which person, which man got his name changed to Israel? There was just one guy who got his name changed to Israel. Yaakov, Jacob. Yes? Who was the grandson of who? Grand, no, grandson. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. Abraham. It's actually with a V, not even a B. His name is a V, A V, not A B. Avram, which was changed by God to Abraham. His name means, Avram means exalted father. I don't know what revelation his parents got, but they named, named him Exalted Father. So it seemed that there was something from God already about him that some way, somehow, the parents kind of felt or something and named him that. Then later on, God said, yeah, 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 that's actually who you are, but more. Among people, you got to learn. God said, you are Avram, yes, Exalted Father, but... I will make, in fact, not I will make you. I have made you father of many nations. Or actually, literally, exalted father of many nations. And you know he's exalted. Muslims, Jews, 
Christians, three major monotheistic, monotheistic religions, just for purposes of teaching, I'll call it religions, follow one man. Who? Abraham. Abraham. Isn't that an honorable place for a person? So he is exalted and exalted as father of many nations. Christian nation, Muslim nation, Jewish nation. God fulfills, come on, his word. Woo! God fulfills his word. And I pray today that you don't listen to me, but you listen to God's word. That you don't follow me, but you follow Christ. And I pray today that you receive God's word. Not my word, but God's word. And believe that it shall be unto you as God said. Not as the pastors are saying. Not the word for this moment. But God's eternal word. When I first came to America, we were all excited about, you know what the movement was called then? Faith movement. How many of you here of faith movement today? No, constantly today. Like it's on, it's on the air when you turn to like major TV, Christian TV program, it's faith movement. No, you don't hear faith movement. Today is what movement? Okay, now you're going to be quiet on me, right? Okay. I will not embarrass you. When you're watching TV, like, I won't mention any TV stations, but like big TV stations, what is the dominant message we hear today? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the bold Christians. Grace. Nothing wrong with that. Used to be a time, it was faith. Today, it is Grace. When it was faith, the Christians of that generation thought there was nothing else other than faith. Today is grace, and so for all of us, there's nothing other than grace. And I'm here to tell you that is wrong. Paul said, I will teach you the full... Does anybody know the scripture? You tell me. So that's not like Pastor Sexton is just always telling us what he thinks. You tell me the scripture. You know it. Paul says, I'll teach you the full what? Does anybody know this? What's that scripture? The full what? Full, I will teach you. Think, think about it. I'm, I'm going to teach you. Paul is a teacher of the word. I'm going to teach you the full counsel of God. If I say full, more than likely, it's not just one part. Are you still with me? <laughs> if we should ever have any movement, should have ever had any movement, and continue to have any movement, that would be dominant and enduring, should never change. It should be called love movement. Pastor, show me. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Alonzi Silverplay. Who is that? All right, come on, let's go. First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. I'm just, I'm, I'm just provoking you to learn the word. 
verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Hallelujah. And verse number 8. When you find it, say amen. All right. Ah, thank you, Lord. In uh, most other versions, uh, modern uh, versions of the Bible, this will read, verse 8 will read, love never fails. Does anybody have that in their Bible? Anybody, like in church right now, anybody in the sanctuary, you have that? Okay, Brother Keith has that. Uh, sorry to yell this out, but brother, can you tell me what version you have, please? Where the version that says, the version of your Bible, trying to now open to Amplified. Okay, thank you. The New King James version of the Bible, his Bible says, First Corinthians, what, 13, what? Eight, right? Says what? Love never fails. Love never fails. Mori nunca fire. Love never fails. Maybe I didn't say it right in Spanish, but something like that. And I'm so... Desirous. I'm dreaming that one day I can preach in French and Spanish and Portuguese and just, I just want to go so much for God, man. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Amplified says, love never fails. Okay, so same thing. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now skip to verse 13. So 1 Corinthians 13. Now skip to verse 13. Please. All right. I, I will read. Most of you have the King James Version or New King James Version. So it reads, and now abides. The word abide means remain. Let's see what Amplified says. Yeah, abide. Same. Okay. So, and now abided faith. Hope, love. Okay, please count. Now abides faith. That's one. Yes? Hope, that's two. Love, that's three. Read on. Read on at home. What does it say? These what? Three. But the greatest of these is love. Now <laughs> Now remains faith, hope, and love. These three. Question here, please. Is now, yesterday, is now tomorrow? What does now mean? Pre right now, present? Okay, all right. So would you agree with me if I say, like, presently in your life right now? Yeah? God wants these three to remain in your heart and life. Is it fair enough to say that? What are the three again? Give them to me. Faith, hope, love. 
So you have three things. And of the three, he says the greatest is love. So based on English language, when you have three things and you're told one is the greatest in the super mode, the superlative mode, then you have two remaining, which you are going to compare. So in the comparing mode or the comparative mode, one would be greater than the other. Because you can't have greatest if there is no greater and great. Fair enough? Okay. So, according to scripture then, of these three, one can be called great. Then the other will be called greater. And the third is the greatest. Praise God. God has solved it for us. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out because he's already said these three, the greatest is what? Love. So by biblical definition, if any concept, any revelation from God should remain now, now abides. Abide means remain. Live here. Dwell here. These three. So you ought to have these three always remaining with you. And of the three, the one that should be at the top should be super abundant in your heart. Above the rest, my dear, is love. So I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that if there should be any word that should stand out all for all generations among believers, people of faith in Christ, it should be love. We should have a love revolution, baby. We should have a love movement. Come on, give God praise. Are you learning the word? Love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe that when we connect with God on the basis of the revelation of who God is and what God wants us to have, then we will walk in the fullness of the blessings of God. If we don't do that, we will always live under our privileges, our potential, the blessings that God wants for us. I believe that. So it's time to get these three. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the English language changed. I don't. But the way I see it, he says these three remain. So I got to have hope because it's great. I got to have expectation that my life will change. Things will be better. That where I am is not my destination. Things will be better. Mm, I got to have that in my heart no matter what I'm going through. Got to be like Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, of the Muslims, of the Christians, of whom the Bible says he's the father of faith. I got to be like him and say, yes, though I'm old, yet I'll be fruitful. Though I am old, yet he will anoint me with fresh oil. Though I am old, yet my natural force is not abated, nor my eyesight dim. I have to say with Abraham, though I'm old, and my wife Sarah is also old. And in fact, her condition is compounded by a further problem 
of barrenness which she has suffered all her life and now she's at an age where it is impossible naturally 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 for a woman to conceive but it is possible supernaturally what is impossible naturally must not stop you cannot stop you because it's entirely possible supernaturally and if you can move into the superlative realm of walking in the love of God for your life, for you, then you know that love that never fails will ensure that you will not fail. You overcome that barrenness. You overcome the fruitlessness and you, be, you become fruitful. You overcome that weakness and you'll be strengthened because love never fails. God is love and God never fails. When Abraham caught that revelation, he said, God, I believe you. And when he believed God, he became what God wanted him to be. <laughs> yes, he became it. Even before it manifested, he had already become it. And it was only a matter of time for his body to accept what his spirit had believed. Mm -hmm. Are you catching it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah was barren. Sarah was old. Abraham was old. But God said to Abraham, I have made you. He did not say, I will make you. Imagine that, a man who's old, wife is old, wife is barren. And when God comes, God doesn't say, I, I will make you. God shocks his mind. God says, I'm taking you to a realm that is super. It is superlative. I'm bringing you into the place you cannot fail, the place where I dwell, the place where I operate. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to be drawn there. We have to be called there. We have to be brought there. And sometimes God just literally has to arrest you and bind you up and draw you with what he calls cords. He takes his cords and he binds you with his cords and pulls you to himself. But blessed be God, the courts of love are not chains that bind you. I mean, the courts of God are not chains that bind you. The courts of God are chains of kindness. They are ropes of love. They are ropes of generosity, of goodness, of mercy. For it is the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. His spirit who woos us, who draws us, he doesn't compel us, he doesn't oppress us, he does not push us, he doesn't drive us. He woos you. He draws you. He makes it so pleasant and so beautiful that you cannot but chase after him. Hallelujah. Let me quickly show you that picture I just painted for you from the scriptures and I'll come back and con conclude, con complete this section of it about love, faith, and hope. The picture of love that always draws us. The picture of love that binds us. When you hear bind, you always think a negative thing, yes? Come on, people. Let's be fair to me. Uh, when you hear bind, is it a good thing? Normally. No. Yes? Okay. All it is, is means 
you restrict. Yeah? Like uh, when the police handcuff somebody. You say handcuff, right? When the police handcuff. Okay. So they restrict the person. Isn't that right? Okay. So just look at the event. What happens? God restricts you. But, but the restriction is not an evil thing. It's actually to keep bad things out. Amen. Walk in the spirit. That's a restriction. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you start reading about the lust of the flesh, man is like, are we going to finish this, this list? It's a long list. Goes on and on and on and on. And even after the long list, God says, and such like things. Come on, preachers, pastors, come on, teachers, are you here? I'm teaching you some word, good word. The list of all the works of the flesh and the negative and the bad stuff that God says to stay away from in Galatians chapter 5, he says, and such like things. Similar things. Are you still learning something? When it comes to the characteristics of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, he mentions nine and he stops. Not you, but your friends. When you're growing up, you teenager or whatever. Do you remember some of the, they just allowed one thing into their life, and it just took over their life and messed up so many things. You, you, okay, not you. Let me go to somebody who will remember. Amen? Okay. See, that's how sin is. Just one thing. You open the door to just one thing, and Satan just takes over. All right, come with me to, let's do Hosea 11.4. Let's do that one first. Hosea 11, uh, let's see if we can put that on the screen. Lord, help me. Hosea 11.4. Praise God. When you find it, say amen, somebody. All right. And uh, maybe I'll go back to Brother Keith to help me with it. Uh, but hopefully I can find it on paper. You know, it's easier to find scriptures on your phone <laughs> and tablet. Okay. Hosea, did I say uh, verse 4? Okay. I mean, yeah, chapter 11, verse 4. I drew them with cords, C-O-R-D-S, cords, chains, ropes, ties, of a man with bands of what? Love. And I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I fed them. Hallelujah. 
God draws us with courts of love. Amen? And these courts deliver us from bondage. The restrictions of God's love deliver us from the many bondages that can come into our lives. Amen. When you receive the love of Jesus Christ for you, you have eternal life. God's nature, you lose the devil's nature. Amen. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You will go to heaven. You escape hell. When you receive Jesus Christ as, as your Lord and Savior, you have peace with God. Peace that passes all understanding. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not happiness, but joy. Happiness depends on circumstances. Joy is, I know God is with me. God loves me. God is on my side. The certainty of God being with you keeps me stable. Amen. Regardless of what's happening around me. I am stable. I'm shaken. I'm not moved. Thanking God that I am saved. It's called the joy of my salvation. Amen. Has nothing to do with how I feel. I have that joy all the time. It's constant. Because I know God is with me and for me all the time. We're still good? Ladies and gentlemen, you have to learn to connect with God on the basis of the revelation of God to mankind. And that is a God of love. Who wants everything for you? Pastors here, ministers here, do you know that God called, as I was telling you, in Exodus 19, God called the entire nation of Israel to be kings and priests? He said, I'll make you a kingdom of priests. But their name came from their father Jacob. Changed name to Israel. Jacob had how many sons and a daughter? Daughter was Dinah. And the sons were how many? Twelve. Twelve. The twelve sons, it was, you know, male-dominated society. So twelve sons became the heads of the twelve tribes of Israel. Yes? Okay. When it comes to the law of Moses, you know, the spiritual things that governed the people of Israel, primarily the spiritual things that governed them, what tribe gave them that? The spiritual things, the law, came from which tribe? Levi. Le the Levites, the Levitical order. Yes? Okay. So, the Levites were the priests. Yes? So here's my question. Pay attention, every child of God. Here's my question to you. How come... God starts out, he delivers them from Egypt. You're my people. I make you a kingdom of priests. So how come it ends up being just one tribe that are priests? Hmm. 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 Yeah. Things that make you think. Look at God. God says, 
I just brought you out of Egypt, bondage from Pharaoh, that's Satan. Out of Egypt, that's the world. You went through the Red Sea, yes? That's the blood of Jesus. You went down into the water, came up. That's baptism, death, resurrection. It's a type of everything believers will experience, recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. That was a shadow of our reality. Amen? What Israel went through was a type of what we would go through. So you can't today tell me to put aside all those pictures that God showed what I would become. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, completed for me, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Today, you want to tell me the picture that God gave to Moses, lift up the serpent. Now I have to put all those things aside? No. No. Why would God write in the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. At the time, Paul writes that to Timothy. At the time he's writing that to Timothy, there is no New Testament put together. Come on, people. So what scripture is he talking about? At the time, Paul says to Timothy, son Timothy, and this, this time it's in 1 Timothy, son Timothy, the things that you've believed from your grandmother and your mother, Lois and Eunice, are now from me. Continue in them. For the scriptures that you have known from a childhood, they make you wise unto salvation. What were those scriptures that make him wise unto salvation? New Testament? No. Old Testament. You, you, it bothers me, ladies and gentlemen. It just bothers me that we talk about God today like God was not wise. He did not know what he was doing when he gave the people of Israel the law. I mean, how dare we? How dare you? You going to condemn God today? So what are you going to do now when you read Psalm 19? And David writes and he says in verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect. Now explain that to me. What's David talking about? Oh, no, 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 Pastor, it can't be, it can't be that. Well, what are you, just, all right, just tell me, what is it? I'm here to tell you the only law God has delivered us from is this. I don't require you to keep any rules in order to be saved. I don't require you to pay anything, keep any rule to become righteous. That's it. Hmm. That is it. Say, sir, that's it. Complete. Done. That's it. I have done it all for you already in my son Jesus. He has paid the price. My wrath on humanity has fallen on my son. I have already judged all of you in Christ. So you have passed from judgment to life. 
So if any man of God tells you you are under a curse because you didn't bring an offering, because you were late coming to church, because you're not reading the Bible, and all these other things we're saying, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You have passed from judgment to life. You are now a child of God. We are the people of God. So don't you ever exclude yourself or let anybody exclude you or preclude you from enjoying the blessings of God. He started out wanting the whole nation of Israel to be evangelists, to be preachers, to show forth his love and glory to the other nations. It ends up being just one tribe being preachers. Then we come to the New Testament. Are you still learning? We come into the New Testament and God writes, picks up on the same thought from Exodus 19 about the kingdom of priests. And he says this, you are a chosen generation. I've chosen you. You are a royal priesthood. Royals. Royals. Kings. Same thing he said. For the entire nation that only one tribe became. May it never be that you sit here and don't enjoy the blessings of the kingdom of God and you think that only the prophets hear from God or only your archbishops and bishops have a powerful spiritual anointing to take authority over principalities and powers and that you are to cower in fear when demons come against you. No, sir, we are of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Them what? Them demons, them principalities, them powers. It's a lie from the pit of hell for any pastor, any archbishop, any bishop to teach you that they are the only ones who have a deliverance ministry and have an anointing to cast out demons, but you are wimps and you are nothing and you are the shadow. Oh, in the presence of the devil is a lie. But if we are not careful, I think somebody picked it up and I sent you saying it. If we are not careful, we're going to have a repeat of what happened to the people of Israel. He said, I want all of you to be a kingdom of priests. Only one tribe. One out of 12. What's that percentage? Came priest. In fact, another thing that was a problem for them. <laughs> Land. <laughs> Your territory. God said, okay, you complete this for me. Everywhere the soles of your foot shall tread, I have given to you. From this river of Egypt and this Lebanon, he actually mentioned specific names, and this Lebanon, all the way, can you follow me on the camera? All the way to the river Euphrates. Do you know in geography where Euphrates is? Iraq. As America, most, some people in America call it Iraq. It's not Iraq. Don't listen to TV, Fox News, Iraq, Iraq, and you say Iraq. It's not Iraq. Learn, learn, learn. Not Iraq. It's Iraq. Yeah, Iraq is not Iraq. (laughs) 
God said, oh, God said, all the way to the Euphrates River I have given to you. Today, the slither they live on, <laughs> people are trying to take from them. I'm not trying to create any political issues. I'm just saying, like, for, as a man of God, reading the Bible, something that's been written that we're looking at, according to God, he said, these are your geographical boundaries. I delivered you from Egypt, from the river of Egypt. And this Lebanon, very specific. Lebanon, you know Jordan, Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon? Okay. Lebanon, all the way through Syria. You know, to, to get to Euphrates, you have to go through Syria. You all remember Saul of Tarsus. Saul, Apostle Paul. Do you remember when he had letters from the high priest? And he was chasing the Christians. What town was he in that he met Jesus, fell off his horse? What town is it called? Damascus. Damascus of what? Syria. Back then, just like Europe, the European Union, they used to go through these places without any visa, without any boundaries. So you look at it today and you start arguing, well, you can't take from the Palestinians, you can't take from the Lebanese, you can't take. It wasn't like that back then. Back at that time, a lot of those people were actually just one people. Just, just one people, just different tribal groups. But not organized as like nations the way we see them today. It's very fluid. And there's a lot of war. So I come, I beat you up, I take over, I absolve your group, now you're part of me. And then that, that's just how it was. Even Father Abraham himself. You know where he was from? Ah, you see? Abraham was from Ur, you are Ur of the Chaldeans. Know where Chaldea is? Babylon, baby. Babylon. Babylon. You know Babylon? Iraq. By the rivers of Babylon. Ah, yeah. Yellow run. And those people from there all the way to like Yemen, Jordan, all the people who live around that area, they were called Hebrew people. They were descendants of a man called Mr. E-B-E-R. E, that's how you spell his name. E-B-E-R. Eber. From Eber, we got the word Hebrew. They were Hebrew people. So the Hebrew people, if you can just picture, you're going from all the way from Iraq, Syria. Like, for example, that language that Jesus' mother, Maria, spoke, you know, Mary, Mariam, Maria, spoke Aramaic. Apart from Israel, somebody tell me, what other country do you know of where Aramaic is spoken? So that's not me telling you. Syria. Syria, Aramaic, but Mariam, Mary, is not from Syria, yet her language was what? Aramaic, spoken by people from Syria. Are you, are you learning something? So you have like, like a belt. These people speak the same language just as the people over here. Like all the way over there, they speak the same because it's, it's like 
this belt, this region here. And then somebody comes and puts a line across. Boom. Okay, you are this country, you are that country. The people who messed up the world in that way were actually the Europeans. I'm not trying to criticize them history. They just, they just come and say, okay, all right, we'll put this line here, especially what they, they did to Africa. You know, okay, this line is over here. Okay, so you are in this country, in this one, this country. So Spain takes this, and England takes that, or Germany takes this. And just ridiculous. So you got, you got, you're over here, and you are what they call a Ghanaian, and part of your family is over there across this line. There's a house here, and there's another house here, and this house over here, they are Ivorians. Generations later, they don't speak the language that you speak anymore, and people tend to forget. But you're actually the same family. Divide and conquer. So I am teaching you not to settle for more than what God has for you. It may be deep, but that's a simple thing that this title is that we are of God. You are of God. So stop being of me. Stop being of the Catholic Church. Stop being of the Protestant Church. Stop being, you know what we've done? I'm, I'm Catholic. Born Catholic, I die Catholic. Yeah, you're right. Maybe go to hell too. Maybe. Because you're holding on to a tradition that may not, may or may not, be holding on to Christ. Or you may call yourself whatever else. Well, I'm Baptist. And I don't like all that tongue-talking and all that Pentecostal stuff and all that craziness and all that. Really? Really? So, the person who said in Acts chapter 2, and on the day of Pentecost, that day of Pentecost, as they were gathered in the upper room, they heard the sound as of a rushing mighty wind from heaven, and it filled the house where they were seated, and filled them, and cloven tongues like as of fire, I mean Acts 2, came upon all of them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and, Acts 2, and, and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now today, you have disconnected yourself from God, joined yourself to a man's tradition, and refused to accept something that Jesus told his disciples and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. And you preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Who, whose witness are you of today? Jesus, thank you. What is in him? He spoke it out. I want, to, I want to challenge you not to accept things because I said it. I want to challenge you not to accept it because any bishop said it. I want to challenge you to live by the word of God. By the word of God. If you want to follow a movement, follow the love movement. Follow love, follow faith, follow hope. That's what he said in the Bible. Didn't you just see it yourself? He said, these three remain. And the greatest of these three is what? Love. So that remains. We have two left, hope and faith. And you already know it. I taught it before. For those who don't know it, if you look at Hebrews 11. If you look at Hebrews 11 right now, right now, verse 1. If you look at Hebrews 11 right now, just look at it, verse 1. He says, now faith is, so he mentions faith. Now faith is the substance. 
substance, substance, solid, concrete, evidence, proof, can touch it. Touch it. All right. Faith is, now faith is, we see that now again. There are three things that now remain. We see that now again in Hebrews 11.1. Are you, are you with me? Please don't ever define faith as faith is the substance of things so forth. It's not. It says now faith is. Come on, people. Are you, in the, are you there? Hebrews 11.1. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, so let's do this. Faith supports hope. You got two things, faith and hope. If it says faith supports hope or faith upholds hope, then of the two, which is stronger? Okay, don't get confused now. Let's, don't do religion. Don't get confused. Just think about it yourself because I, I I, I'm hearing two different responses. I can't hear those of you at home. But you are in Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it says right now, faith is. He didn't say faith was. He didn't say faith will be. Just like God told Abraham, I have made you. All right, and now I'm going to make you. I have made you a father of many nations. This is how you have to talk about yourself. You have to say, I am healed. Even if the healing has not manifested, you have to still say, I am healed because God said, by his stripes, you are healed. And don't bother with anybody in the church or outside the church in the neighborhood who says, uh, but you know, something's wrong with you. How come you're not walking right? How come you can't move your hand? How come you can't? Why are you still say you're healed when you, da, 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 da? Why are you say you're rich when I see you poor? And it, don't, don't, oh my goodness, don't let them bother you. You are going to have those people who will make fun of you, who will ridicule you, and tell you you're crazy, you're foolish, you're not intelligent for following God. You mean you've been to Harvard, you've been to Princeton, and you believe that nonsense? They'll tell you stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you that. When God came and God said, yeah, your parents named you exalted father, Avram, but I'll make it even better. I'll make you exalted father of many nations. Your name is Abraham, father of many nations. So now in your neighborhood, you happen to live in a community where names have meanings. Come on, people. They live in a community where names have meanings. So you call out your name, and everybody knows what you're saying. All right? My brother and I were born twins. My twin brother and I. I have, you know, other brothers. But my twin brother and I were born twins. In our culture, where we were born, twins are called Atta. So if you say back there, if you, somebody shouts Atta, the people in the community knows you're a twin. Then the next question would be, which of the twins are you? So to, so to differentiate, because if you call out to twins and you say Atta, when they're being like naughty, they won't respond. Because I'm like, well, who, who, you call my brother, not me. That's why I didn't respond. Come on, people. You know, kids do those things. So you have, to be, you have to distinguish. Like for me, before our mom died, she always called me Atta the firstborn. She was the only person who called me that. Growing up, people just call you Atta. No, she called me, you know, in, in her language, Atta pain. Like pay, pay. I'm paying you. Kind of sounds like that. Atta pain. That's how she called me. 
In fact, she just said pain. Not even at her, she said pain, you know? So Abraham, in a culture like where I grew up, his name meant father of many nations. Now the neighbors are going to say, hey, hey, uh, Brother Keith, can you come please? Please come. Uh, come oh, yeah, come with your wife. Please, please. Uh, Miss Edith, come, come, come. Let's demonstrate this. We're going to gossip about Abraham. No. I'm going to gossip about Abraham. You just listen. So Abraham, yeah, Abraham meets with God, but they were not there when Abraham met with God, right? Come on, people. Abraham met with God. Nobody was there. God says, I change, change your name. So now you go to the, I don't know what we change names. They did back there, but today we go to some office to change your name. Yeah, officially, the court change your name. So you come and you say to the to community, I changed my name, all right? And then I go and I say, I say, I say to the people in the community, See the old man over there? He, he lost it. That's how people are who are not connected to God. I'm trying to teach you that to walk in the fullness of God, you have to take his word and imbibe it. Put it in your spirit. Not my word. Not the bishop's word. Not the archbishop's word. Not the word of the church of Pentecost. Not the word of the Catholic church. Not the word of the Baptist church. The word of God. Come on, people. The word of God. God said to Abraham, I have made you father of many nations. So Abraham said to his community, my name is what? Father of many nations. Now you know people will make fun of you who are not connected to God. Am I making sense? They, they don't get it. They're like, well, why is he saying he's father of many nations? He doesn't even have a child. So people who are, who are not connected to God, now they're mocking you and they are sniggering. So I call my neighbors like, <laughs> you know how people are. <laughs> he's lost it. They're gone. That couple, now they're gone. Oh, and, and not only that, you know the wife also changed her name? Oh, did, did you know that? Uh -uh, yeah, it, 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 it changed. It, it lost it. And then as they're carrying on, one day they hear, eh, ah, eh. And then says, what's, what's that? Oh, you don't know. That woman, she had a baby. She had a what? Yeah, that, that little voice you heard crying. That's her son. Seriously? Yeah. You know what they named the son? Laughter. Ah, may God make you laugh. May God make you laugh. May God make you laugh. May God bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus and cause you to laugh. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you. God bless you. Let's give them a hand. In reality, it happened. It happened to that couple. Because the Muslims historically know that. They believe it. The Jews know that they believe it. Of course, their very existence started from their father Abraham. So they know that. Come on, people. This, this is not like some kind of story. I mean, the Jewish people are over there in Israel. They are alive. They have had a history. It's been going on. So they came from someplace. 
And they are saying we came from Abraham. But that Abraham started off not having a child of promise. That Abraham started off with a wife who was barren and they were both old. But despite the deadness, listen to the Bible, despite the deadness, I love God. He says in Romans 8, 11, he says, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. He didn't could have said your body. He meant your body, but he didn't say your body. He said your mortal body. In English language, mortal means, M-O-R-T-A-L, means subject to death. M-O-R-T is a root word in English that means death, mortuary. You know, so you put death, dead people there. Mort, M-O-R-T means death. God says, he didn't say I'll quicken your body. He said I'll quicken your mortal body. The point he's making to you is that in this world where Babylon is trying to swallow you up, I'll bring you out of Babylon. Where darkness is trying, trying to swallow you up, I'll cause my light to shine. Where sickness is trying to swallow you up, healing will come. Where mountains of diabetes stand in your family, mountains of heart attack stand in your family, God says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new body. Even in your old age, you will bear fruit because I'll anoint you. The power of God will come upon you. And that which will be conceived with you will be called the Son of God. I pray that in the very same way you conceive from God. I don't mean just physically a baby. If you are married, receive it. But if, if not, and you want a child, receive it. But if not, anything that must be born in you, it will come by the word of God. May there be a performance of the things that you believe. Come on, give him praise. Did you learn something? Give you one more word about how God draws us with his love. Come with me to Song of Solomon chapter 1. I think it's verse 4. Just give me a sec to find it for you. Those of you on screen, it will be put there for you by our team. They usually do it quicker than those of us who are flipping through our pages. Song of Solomon 1. Hallelujah. And verse number four. Let's look for a song of Solomon, one, song of songs, one, verse four. All right, excuse me. Song of Solomon 1 and verse 4. Have you found it? Okay, it says, draw me. You know, the Spirit will draw us. God will draw us by His Spirit. Draw me. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love. More than wine, the righteous or the upright love you. 
Hallelujah. If you check verse 5, just for fun, just for me to make fun at you and just play around a little. James Brown got this from Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 5. Yeah. Black and proud. Say it loud. I'm black but beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that alone. I just, uh... The point he's making here is you get your identity from God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get your identity from God. I don't have time to get into all of it. But look at, look at verse 6, for example. You see some of the problems we have today? They go way back there. Look at verse 6. Look not upon me because I am black. Don't despise me because I am black. Or don't despise me because I am a woman. Don't reject me because I'm a white person among black people. Or whatever. You understand? In this world, people will try to exclude you, preclude you, put you down. You know, all of that. But you were created by God in the image of God to reflect God on earth. You are the Tselem of God. T-S-E-L-E-M. You are the Tselem, the image of God to reflect God in the earth. So you got to take your identity from God. And your identity is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't open yourself to identity confusion that is in the world today. It's a spirit that is altering people and confusing them. You are created by God, made by God. You have to guard it and you have to protect it. When God first created you, as in your first father, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden. Do you know the first rules he gave to Adam? He said, I want you to take care of this garden. And I want you to protect it. Even in paradise, he was supposed to guard what he had been given. Come on, people. Yeah. He said, keep the garden. Guard it. Keep it. Shamar it. S-H-A-M-A-R. Shamar it. Protect it. <laughs> ah, you are created in the image and likeness of God. Please complete this for me. Complete this for me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When man sinned, the sin is an act. And today we focus on that. But evidently, that was not what Satan was after. He was after something else. All have sinned and come short of what? The glory. What Satan was after was your glory. So what you and I have to guard is the glory. Christ came and restored that glory to you. That is your dignity, your significance, your worth, your value that comes not from the color of your skin, not the amount of money you have, not your gender, but it comes from God. We are of God. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. 
Don't let anybody devalue it, devalue you. He called all Israel to be a kingdom of priests. Only one tribe, one out of 12, came that. He gave them territory that began from this, he said to Joshua, this river, Egypt, and the, this Lebanon. Just in case you get confused, God was specific. He said, this Lebanon. You look at God. To the river Euphrates, it's yours. There was only once in their history that they had that land territory. It happened before. And uh, David transitioning to Solomon. Solomon gathered it. Then he started losing it. Yeah, David fought and fought and fought and fought. He gave the kingdom to his son. Solomon was not a fighter, a warrior, but he used other ways to fight. No. He used economics to fight, not weapons, not swords, but economics to fight, civilization system to fight. Then he disconnected himself from God. Unlike his father had depended on God to give him the territories, he figured the way to keep the territory is to marry the daughters of these, all these different kings. And once I marry their daughters, they're not going to come beat me. Because if they beat me, their daughters will lose. That was his thinking. So now, that which had begun in the spirit, Galatians, now he's going to complete in the flesh. That which had begun by the grace of God, because God loves you, now you're going to try to keep by you your self-effort. No, it is not by your mental ability. It is not by your physical prowess. Even though physically you got to be strong, even though mentally you got to use your mind. But you should always remember this. I depend on the Lord. It is by his spirit. It is by his spirit. It is by his spirit. Because some certain mountains cannot be removed by man. There are some sickness mountains. The best doctors can tell you there's nothing we can do for you. But this mountain shall become a plain before you. Why? By the grace, the power of the living God who loves you. Did you, did, you, did you catch it? Am I helping you? Remember, this is the teaching today. 1 John 4, verse 6. We are of God. Verse 4, you are of God. Verse 6, we are of God. I'm a child of God. College student, struggling academically. Yes, struggling, paying the tuition, all this. The, all these are problems. But know this, you are of God. The Lord is my shepherd, and I will not lack. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for making a way for the provision to complete this college career. The Lord is my shepherd. Be like the sheep that followed the shepherds that I saw growing up when they called them. And he already said in John 10, you hear his voice. Don't doubt that you alone don't hear his voice. 
because you listen to prophets who tell you, you don't know God's voice. They are the only ones who know God's voice. You are disconnecting yourself from the word of God that already says, my sheep hear my voice. I beg of you, please connect with the word. He already said, you hear his voice. Why don't you believe that? Why do you believe a false prophet who tells you, you don't hear from God? He is the only person who hears from God. Why? Some things you can't say online because everybody gets mad or people get mad. But think about it. Why do I have to pray to Mary? Why? You are an intelligent being. Why? She is a human being just like you. Why do you have somebody convince you that you got to pray to Mary because she's the mother of God? Does that even fit in your mouth? Mother of, of God? I can even say that. I have a mother because I'm human. God ain't got no mom, baby. God does not have a mom. He is, you know, like the whole big God. You, you, you know, have I believed the same thing you have believed? You know, we're talking God, you know, you know, like God. The, the big one, you know, the, the one who made everything. God, the one who does not sleep, you sleep. The one who doesn't die, people die. You know, God, God, mother of God. And you know how many millions believe that? And then you got beats. You're counting and you're saying prayer. See how people are disconnected from God? But don't sit here or don't be at home and think, oh, he's criticizing these people or that people. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that across the board, people get themselves disconnected from God because they are not looking at God's word. You're following man's word, a man's tradition, a man, you know, all these other things, including those of us now in whatever is called charismatic movement, Pentecostals, you know. A few years ago, we got evangelicals in America who thought a human being would save America. What is wrong with us? Well, what, is, what is wrong with us? You haven't, you haven't never read when the, 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 the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, you know what Jesus said? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons God has left in his own power. But as for you, as for you, other people can do what they want to do. But as for you who call yourself my disciples, my followers, you shall be witnesses unto me. Today, American Christians, some of them are 
witnesses unto Democratic Party. Some of you are witnesses unto Republican Party. You have lost, you have lost your vision. I stand to declare on national television and, and to the world, you have lost your vision if you think what God is about is Democrats and Republicans. You have lost it. You have lost it. It's time to repent and get back. We are of God. We are not of Republican Party. We are not of Democratic Party. We are not of the Pharisees, the Sadducees. We are not of the Baptists. We are not of the Pentecostals. We are not of anything. We are of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. We are born from above. Our citizenship is of heaven and not of the earth. By his stripes, we are healed. It is not by the stripes of the Democrats or the Republicans or anybody that you behold. The Lord is your shepherd, your provider. Some of you are a bit uncomfortable. Well, pastor, you got to get in trouble. What kind of trouble? In the land of the free? In the home of the brave, what kind of trouble? If you're still thinking that, you live in fear. Not me. You're living in bondage. You see the bondage we're living under? Oh, oh, don't say that. It's like when I came back from China, maybe 12, 13 years ago, and I said, oh my goodness, we have been lied to. Somebody told us they are far behind. No, they are ahead of us in technology. What I saw with my own eyes I came back, I started saying it as pastor. You know, I have a platform. People advise me, and I love my friends. They're like, Pastor, you got to be careful. In the land of the free, I have to be careful of saying that I saw with my own eyes. When it comes to technology, they are further ahead from little that I saw than what we are being told. Now, 12 years later, we are like, uh-huh, they are taking 5G, and America is scurrying and moving. No, we got to fight, because if they get 5G, they get our technology, and um, they can spy on. And how come now, suddenly, we have to fight somebody who was in the boondocks, who supposedly was way behind? How come now we have to fight? Because evidently, all along, they were not in the boondocks. They had been making strife. I am telling you, a lot of us have been lied to. We are faking some kind of Christianity. That is not a real thing. Because you are not living the word of God. You think you may be, but you are not. You are disconnecting yourself because you are following something. That is not really what God says. You learn today, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 6. We are of God. And we speak the word of God. And those who are of God, they hear us. So today's title, the connection to the title is that those who are of God, they have God's word. They speak God's word. They live by God's word. We are of God. So we hear God's word. We speak God's word. And those who are of God hear the word and they speak God's word. Your connection to God is by his word. Amen. You've been blessed? Let me conclude with this, and then I'll pick up on it next week. It's a series. So let me conclude with this. I said this last week. I will say it again today. John 13, and then we pray. John 13. Your connection to God is through the word. So 
in your paper Bibles, go to John 13. And now on the screen, uh, I said this last week, those who are not here will look at it again. John 13, verse 6 to verse 8. I read verse 8 last week. Let's look at verse 6 to 8. Then Jesus came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? My feet? Jesus answered and said, what I do now, what I, what I do you don't know now, but you shall know hereafter. Hereafter, you know later. 8, verse 8, John 13, 8. Peter said unto him, Lord, <laughs> uh, verse 8, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I wash thee not, you have no part with me. Verse 9. Peter says, Lord, not my feet only, but also wash my hands and my, my head. <laughs> Verse 10, Jesus says, he that is washed or has a bath needs not except to wash his feet, but he's clean all over. And you are clean, but not all of you. Hmm. Okay, why did he say not all of you? Verse 11, for he knew who should betray him. That's why he said, you are not all clean. Who betrayed Jesus? Judas. So Judas was not clean, but the others were clean. Are we good? Okay. Chapter 15 and verse 3. Flip over in a couple pages in your Bible. or On the screen, let's have chapter 15, verse 3. Verse 3. For those of you paper Bibles, are you there? Okay. Verse 3. Now you are clean. Remember we just talked about clean, being clean? Yeah? We're good? Okay. Now you are clean. You are clean. How? Through the word which I have spoken unto you. You are clean through the word. So evidently, the word washes or cleanses, purifies. If you want a Christian word, purifies, sanctifies. Yeah? When an everyday word washes. Okay. Chapter 17 and verse 17. Chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Let's change the word sanctify, kind of modernize it or explain it a little better for non-religious people to follow. It means set apart or separate. Are you there? So sanctify, instead of sanctify, what are we going to say? Separate, set apart. Separate them through your word. Oh, your, your truth. Your word is truth. So what sets us apart for God to occupy us or fail us? What? The word. What disconnects you from what will make you filthy, from what will put you in bondage, destroy your life, and rather instead make you, set you apart for God, the very God of peace? To make, give you peace, to make you whole in spirit, soul, and body. What? The word. 
we, we end with first John. Four verse six. The letter. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So church, verse 6, we are of God. In the context, what did he say after? He that knows God, what? Hears us. Somebody who is hearing you, hears you because you are doing what? If somebody is hearing you, they hear you because you are doing what? Make it normal. Don't make it church. Don't make it. Somebody's hearing you. It's because you are speaking. We are of God. Amen. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God does not hear us. So in the context, what is the quality that connects to those who are of God? Those who are of God speak the word of God. And those who are of God hear the word of God. And they know the word of God. Are we good? Do you see that? It's just like last week when we did verse 4, when he said, you are of God, little children. What was the next thing he connected to that? You have overcome them. So those who are of God are what? Overcomers. Today, we saw those who are of God know the word of God. Speak the word of God. Hear the word of God. So that which identifies those who are of God is what? The word. You are clean through the word. You are separated through the word. So if there are sicknesses floating around, coming to attack people, the way to hide from it is through the word. Amen. To get some sickness out, get the word in you, and the word will drive it out. Today, the main point has been connect with God through the word. You are disconnected from God when you are disconnected from the word. Amen. We're going to pray that the word you have heard, I've heard, something that has been quickened to you today, that word will work in you. Will work effectively in you who believe it. That word will disconnect you, set you apart for God, not for sickness. You understand? So the word of God would disconnect you from cancer, from diabetes, heart trouble. The word of God will give you God in you. Sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. The word will make you itself. The word will make you itself. For all scripture is given by God, by his inspiration. And it is profitable to make the man the woman of God 
completely, thoroughly furnished, prepared, ready for every good work. I see you rising to heights of greatness and glory. I see people manifesting destiny by the word of God. When I was in Florida preaching at the end of the second service, second Sunday, somebody who was in Tampa, Florida, who had connected by Zoom, going to see the cardiologist. This is a young man. He's not even an old person. Young man. Young man. Going to see a cardiologist on Monday. Unknown to me. Unknown to me. I pray the closing prayer, and the Lord says to me, say this out. I am healing right now somebody with a heart condition. If you are that person who are tuned in watching, and they are about to close, maybe you came saying, Lord, help me. You understand? Who knows? Maybe they have prayed. And the preacher is closing a service, and God shows up. And teaches him that you are not to be connected to this preacher. You are to be connected to me. Look at him. He's done his thing. Closing the service. But I want you to know not to follow preachers, pastors, prophets, bishops. Because they don't know it all. You follow me. And God stops me. And God says, say this. I believe God is teaching him something else. In addition to the fact that God is saying, I love you. And I'll heal you. God is teaching him to look to God and not to man. That's how personally I see these things. God is saying it's not about a man. It's about me, God. So what do you need now? As we pray, the word will manifest. The word will manifest. I would like to one day go to Tampa to meet that young man. Yeah. In fact, he actually invited me. He said, said, you know, tell the pastor to come. Yeah, so that's my next stop. We'll go to Tampa, baby. Yes, yes, yes. Cast out demons of heart trouble. In the name of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to pray? Those of you online, are you ready to pray? All right, take a word that you heard today. And take that word and say, this is the sword of the spirit. And I use this to cut and slash and dislodge this sickness, this ailment, this confusion of mind, whatever it is, take a word today and deal with it. You got it? Take something you heard, something you need from God. Maybe like David, say, Lord, you are my shepherd, so I don't lack. So if there's a struggle with lack, I don't know. Just take that word. You understand? I'm sure God has spoken to you. So take a word now, and let's go to God in prayer. Those of you at home, take a word, something you heard today, and say, Lord, I am purified by this word. I am cleansed by this word. Cleansed from that problem, that filth, that attack. Yes, I'm set apart. My mind is no longer confused. My mind is at peace. <laughs> My body that was mortal, subject to death, to that particular disease, has not been quickened by the Spirit of God. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Now use that word in prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Please go ahead and pray. Pray yourself and I'll pray for you. Go ahead and pray.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you at home and maybe somebody in the service, if you need to be born again, the word will make you born again. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again by the incorruptible seed of the word, which lives and abides forever. So say, I receive the word that brings me out of darkness to light. My first prayer I pray today. Say, I receive that. I am translated from the kingdom of darkness. I am now in the kingdom of God. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe God raised him up, made to be justified, made righteous. I believe that. And I say, I say this, I declare this, I speak this, confess Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior. If you say these words, or words to that effect, in your own language, or in English, you will be born again by the word that's Jesus himself. That's the first way to be connected with God, connected to God. That is to be born again. You will become of God when you receive his word. That says, believe in your heart. That Jesus is a son of God and that God raised him up from the dead. Believe this. You shall be saved. Who believes? Say it and you'll be saved. Maybe you heard today. Despite the deadness of Sarah's womb, Abraham believed what God had said. And Abraham said it, spoke it, called himself father of many nations. Despite the sniggering, the ridicule, the gossip, the negativity from his community. What is your community saying against you today in opposition to God's word? Now, right now, pray God's word. Say, I have life, I am fruitful. Say that I have that breakthrough. Say that I have that restoration. What was lost, I regain. I regain in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And now I pray in agreement with you in the church right now, in the church in your home, Church in Florida, Ghana, wherever you may be, right now watching me, receive your miracle in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive your breakthrough in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the word of God happen for you. As Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. May the word of the Lord happen for you. May the word of the Lord come to pass for you. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I curse every life germ of disease to perish. I speak life to your blood. Every cancerous cell. I curse to die. In Jesus name. Every growth in your body. I curse it at his roots. Die. That growth. Die. In the name of Jesus. Those of you at home. I can't see you. But go ahead and put your hand. On that part of the body. Where a doctor may have seen a growth. Or you can just put your hand on your head. If you happen to be here in the sanctuary. All right. And you can't put your hand on 
the part where the doctor said it's a growth doesn't, doesn't matter. Just put your hand on your forehead to represent your whole life because God blesses you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Some of you, things were done for you and you were bathed by somebody in New Orleans, in Haiti, or someplace. And when they bathed you, they started from your foot up. That was the devil reversing your blessing, I repeat. You ever went anywhere and they sprinkled whatever on you and they began from your foot up? That was the devil leading that person to reverse your blessing. God blesses you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I'm ministering this because I'm hearing that right now. I'm hearing that. God is reversing the curse and bringing the blessing. He's reversing the curse and bringing the blessing. Those at home, I can't see you, but there's something that the doctor may have seen and spoken to you about. I curse that growth. In the Bible, we can curse bad things to perish. Jesus cursed what was standing against him, speaking against him. He cursed that fig tree that Satan was using to stand as an affront to God. Anything that is standing against you and trying to defy God, your God, you agree with me right now in Jesus' name. That Goliath falls. It may be big, a giant, it falls. In the name of Jesus, we say it falls. We curse that particular fig tree or whatever tree God did not plant in you. We curse it to die from its roots. And may you see the leaves, the manifestations wither. In a few days, may you see that thing wither in the name of Jesus Christ. And its place, may you see fruitfulness. Despite the deadness of Sarah's womb, God gave her fruit and she laughed. May God give you the last laugh. May God make you rejoice. I speak healing to you in Jesus' name. Diabetes is a mountain in your family. Heart trouble may be a mountain in that family, but minus you. You are of the family of Jesus Christ. You are of God. And God's going to use you to drive that mountain out of your family so that they will be free from diabetes, so they'll be free from heart trouble, so they'll be free from cancer. In Jesus' name. I may not have mentioned it. doesn't matter. God knows it. You know it. May the grace of God move that mountain. May the grace of God move that mountain. Before you, that mountain becomes a plain. In Jesus' name. Whatever is working against your cells, against your blood, against your cells, against the core of your being. Hebrews 4 says the word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It heals you. It heals you. It heals you. It heals you. Somebody has shooting pain from their waist. Please listen from your waist down the back of your legs. Shooting pain. Right now. The Lord is healing you. You may not 
be in the church. You may be at home. You may, you may be here. I don't know that part because we don't know everything. But God's healing you. That much I know. In Jesus' name, the waste is healed and the shooting pain I commanded to leave. Whatever caused it, the Lord caused your body to amend. Cause your body to be made sound, be made well. Receive your healing. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And you at home, if it applies to you, begin to do what you could not do. Maybe you couldn't bend. Start now. Don't be afraid. Start bending. Bend down. Forward. Bend. Do something you couldn't do. Maybe you could bend, but you couldn't bend forward, but you couldn't bend sideways. All right. Don't, you won't get hurt. But don't just act, you know, uh, sharply or suddenly. Just start with a smooth, slow movement. Start doing what you could not do. So bend to the side. If that was a problem you had, you are healed. Uh, bend to the side, left and right, whatever. Just try, stretch yourself in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, something was wrong with your walking because of your waist. Now start moving your legs. Move, move those legs. Move those legs. Get up now. Get up from where you are seated at home or in the church right now. Just stand to your feet in the name of Jesus and begin to move and begin to thank God and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Come on, connect to the word. You are of God. I am healed. 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 In the name of Jesus, I command the pain to ebb out of your members. Oh, someone else right here. Left side. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes, left. This is my left, right? You're the left side of uh, your, your stomach on the left side. So like the center of your body, the left side. For me, a man, right above where my belt would be, I can feel a movement there. God's touching you. I don't know what it's called, what the person may have been diagnosed with, but there's a touch of God. You're being healed. It's on, on the left side, on the left side of your, your, your abdomen, all right? Right above where like a, your belt would be on the left side. Put your hand there. Lord, thank you for that healing. 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 In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In just a couple of minutes, I'm going to close the online service. And I'm going to lay hands on people in prayer in the sanctuary. If you don't want me to lay hands on you, it's all right. You don't have to come forward. You will not be on camera because I'm going to close that service. But if you want to come up, you come up. If you don't want to, please don't come. You don't have to come up. If you happen to be wearing your mask, you want to keep your mask on, that's fine. If you don't have a mask, you can still come up. It, it, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. But I don't have to touch you. I don't have to touch you. You got to get that. And I want people online to know I, I don't have the power to do anything for you. God does it, but he uses us as instruments. I just sense that I need to lay hands on people to pray for them. God mentions a mountain in your family, and it applied to you, 
I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. The person with that waist thing, who had the waist thing, I want to lay hands on you. The person who had the thing on the, on the left side of the stomach, I want to lay hands on you. It's an impartation. It's also in the Bible. You can lay, lay hands on the sick. It's an impart, And we can lay hands to, to impart, to release power and the blessing of God. That's one of the ways. So I will lay hands on you and pray for you. All right? After I close the service. But I want to pray for everybody online. I cannot physically touch you, but praise be to God. He can touch you. Let me repeat that. The power is not from me, it's from God. So even if you're not here physically and I cannot touch you, God can touch you. I'm ministering in the West Palm Beach area, somebody in Tampa, Florida, and God touches the person. That's God. So wherever you are right now online, Father, thank you. Thank you. I command the spirit of fear to leave. I hear that. I command fear to leave in the name of Jesus. And for that person also who has been crying, Lord, I feel left out. I'm hearing that. That's why I'm ministering it. I feel left out. Others receive these blessings, and I just feel left behind. Lord, please, today, hear me and help me. If you are that person, I just heard that cry. God says to let you know he has heard you. He has heard you and he's answered you. He also wants you to know that you've never been left out. He's never forsaken you. So no, do not think that way anymore from today. Don't think that God ever forsook you. But he wants you to receive your miracle now. Father, I thank you for everybody. Those crying out. I don't want to be left behind. This thing has stayed too long. Today, help me. I pray for that person, those people. Give them their miracle now in Jesus' name. I pray that the needs you have will be met by God. I commend you now to, the, to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace that builds you up. And gives you your inheritance. Receive your breakthrough. Receive your miracle. In the name of Jesus. The tree God did not plant. May it be uprooted. And in its place. The tree of righteousness. The tree of health be planted. The tree of breakthroughs. Financially. In every area of your life. Receive it. In Jesus name. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, by the faith of God, I call it down. Yes, you say amen. If you believe and agree, say amen, somebody. Everybody online, say amen. You and your family, say amen. And thank God for your lives. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. We thank God. God bless you. Very quickly, the Lord bless your tithes, offerings, gifts of love. Bless you financially. Bless you in your business, your health, so that sickness will not steal your money, your peace, your time with your family. 
Enjoy your lives. Amen. Let's give to God now financially. Give tithes and offerings to support the work of God in World Missions Ministries. On the screen, there are three ways you can give. Zelle, via Zelle, PayPal, or a check sent to the ministry. Information is on the screen. For those of you who are just listening, maybe like audio or phone line, Zelle is 571-234-2387. Again, 571-234-2387 to World Missions Ministries. Zelle transfers, 571-234-2387. Thank you. PayPal, you can give online. Our website is wmmchurch.org wmmchurch.org and you click the donate button, red donate button and give whatever you want to give secure through PayPal. Thank you. God bless you. Finally, you can send a check in the mail to World Missions Ministries 6805 at 6805 East Clinton Street Clinton, Maryland 20735 Again, it's East Clinton Street, Clinton, Maryland, 20735. The street address is 6805. Thank you all. God bless you. God keep you in Jesus' name. Next week, we'll continue on the washing of water by the word. We saw you are of God last week. This week, we are of God. Next week, the washing of water by the word. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.